So let us uh, continue. <coughs> we were talking about anger and uh, the pointlessness of anger and how it, to a degree, reflects our lack of emunah that uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running things. Um, even if a person failed for chaos and was angry, loy pa'el mikach, he should not be amazed. But but visit. Go back. Thousands of times. Before um, awkward situations develop. And when they happen. And he should go back and internalize the things, the matters within himself. Without despairing from having failed. And remember, so far we are discussing the first form of anger. The second form of anger, remember the first form of anger was when we had no one to blame. And essentially, really, we have to turn and blame God as such. Uh, something that, that just happened and we simply can't point the finger at anyone or anything. But there was uh, another example of anger that we gave was when someone else seems to be the direct cause of, of something that's happened. Uh, the example I gave, not the Mechabe, someone threw a brick through your window or whatever. And uh, so you can't directly turn to God for that. And uh, uh, apparently uh, someone did an act which directly hurt you. Whatever the example. So, uh, so far we've spoken about uh, how to try and relate to anger that comes from a coincidence. Where no specific person can be directly identified. Now let's talk about anger that comes from the actions of a human being. The person who seems to be the direct cause of the anger is another human being. This is a bit harder. Uh, we have a target, right? We have someone to focus on. Because when no specific person is there to focus on, you cannot simply... Uh, get angry, not a regular human being, you can't get angry with a stone that fell on your head or with a tyre that uh, got punctured. So we understand it's from God. But when what has happened to us has been through the hands of a person, because that person who did the harm is a person who has choice. So this isn't from God. This was uh, at the hands of the person who did the act. And therefore, naturally, I will direct my anger at my fellow. Who has chosen to, uh, to do me harm. 
There is a well-known story that happened in the Beit Din of the Beit HaLevi. The Beit Din, the, he is the namesake, of course, of, of, course, of Rav Yosef, Yosef Beresolovejik, who we all have learned so much from, and uh, some was also from the Beit HaLevi, who was his grandfather. Pamba Adam Lifnei, great-grandfather, perhaps, a person once approached the Beit HaLevi regarding the kashrus of a certain animal. And the Beit HaLevi gave him a psak, the animal wasn't kosher. So the person accepted peacefully what the Beit HaLevi was posing. Of course, because we don't generally deal with animals, we deal with pieces of animals when we go to a butcher shop, but an animal is a very, very expensive asset. So this person had lost a lot of money. A little later on, the same person came to the Beit Din of the Beit HaLevi and he had a certain argument with a fellow man. And on this occasion, the Beit HaLevi ruled in favor of the other person. He got very, very angry. And the Beit HaLevi said as follows, even though my first psak was much more damaging than my second psak, in the first psak, he had no one to be angry with. The, the behemoth was strafe. Uh, it's no one's fault. The behemoth simply wasn't kosher. He had no one to argue with. What's he going to do? Get angry with the cow because it's not kosher? But in the second case, he was in argument with another person. So a yetzah is created. So we have two points. When the anger comes at the trigger from another human being, so we are of the opinion this other person clearly wanted to do me harm. And bet etzem kasha isik imadam because we are actually dealing with another person. Yesh kava yeseshel milchamanek. In the words of the Beit Halevi, there is a yeser to to go to war. Mikroach mitat hagava vahakavod either from from pride gaiva tikun adrim eino ela alidei munatorasufa. So here the answer isn't faith, right? God knows what He's doing. God did it. God knows what He's doing. When a person has pure emuna, I think most of us are, are way be, behind that madriga, then it doesn't really matter whether what happens to me happens by the hands of a person or happens by the hands of God. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's all from God, ultimately. Elaborate in a second. Uh, but but generally, when we have a, a lack of clarity on Emunah, we get anger, and we are more likely to be angry if it's another person that we can direct our anger towards. I, I want to elaborate on this a little bit. These are very, very interesting subjects. Uh, again, interest is in the eye of the person giving shir, I suppose. Um, the, uh, the Pasuk that we will read in not so long, in a few weeks, as we get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah, is uh, it talks about in Parashat Kitesi about the Chov. I've done this with you a number of times. The Chov, the obligation to build a uh, a balcony if you have a roof which is accessible. 
humanly accessible, right? That people can walk on the roof. There is a chov, uh, there is an obligation to build a balcony. And regards this obligation to build a balcony, um, the, the Torah tells us we have to be careful. Pen yipol hanofel, in case the person who is going to fall, falls. Now this is an incredibly interesting lashon, right? Because notice it says ki yipol hanofel, the person is going to fall, falls. It doesn't say ki yipol ha'adam. It doesn't say when a person falls, it says ki pol hanofel. What do we understand from this? We understand that the person who, who fell was destined to fall. He was destined to fall, he was going to fall. So if he was going to fall, why am I to blame? This is uh, Pandora's box, right? If someone does a crime, why is he to blame if the fate of the person he did the crime to was already written in Shammai? It was already decided Rosh Hashanah that this, this is what was going to happen to X. And why did it to X? But it was going to happen to X anyway. So why is Y punishable? If, uh, this is massive, right? This is uh, the question of the Rambam that you ask on the Rambam when he says that there's a Gezerah that uh, the Egyptians were going to, uh, well, the pastor says there's a Gezerah the Egyptians were going to enslave the Jewish people. So why should the Egyptians then be punished for it? Uh, so in our particular case of Kipol Hanofel, or the particular case in Kititzei Kipol Hanofel, the person who didn't build the balcony is not being necessarily punished because he was the one who decided that this person will die today. But he is going to be punished because he was the media through which it happened. A person can die in many, many ways. And, uh, but the person fell off my roof. So in the end, there was a gazera regarding this person, how long this person should live and that this person was going to die. But my sin is that I was the media. I was the one through which, uh, through which it happened. This opens up a whole world of machshava for us. It really does. It opens up a whole world of machshava. And I'm not, not clever enough to be machria. I can just share with you my thoughts. Um, it, it, it means that there are always two parts to an action. There is the action itself... And there is a result. The result has nothing to do with me. The result is Hashkacha, that's what Akash Baruch decides. The action is my action. Now, how can I show you? I'd rather show this to you in a positive way, okay? Uh, because we keep talking about people doing each other harm, so let's talk in a positive way. Every one of you knows this because this is a halacha that we learn when we're much younger. If I have, uh, we're talking dollars, okay? Uh, if I have $100 and I have two options of how to give that $100 to Sadaka. I have one option to give A, $100, or B, I can give 100 $1 notes to 100 people. Now, on today's prices, almost everywhere in the world, if I give a person a dollar, there's not an enormous amount that I think he can buy with a dollar, or she can buy with a dollar. I don't know what you can buy with a dollar that is uh, really worth anything. Uh, they have these dollar shops, I think, but I, but I don't know what you can buy with a dollar. Practically speaking, if, if my role in giving tzedakah is to rehabilitate a human being, then it makes much more sense. It seems much more practical. Uh, these are my two choices. I'm, I'm not offered any other choices, okay? It means much more practical to, to give one person $100. He can do something. He can go and have a couple of good meals. He can, you know, I don't know, go, go and shower up or whatever. He can do something serious with... Uh, with $100, but that's not the halacha. The halacha is that it's better for me to give $100 notes to 100 people. Why? Exactly because of the point we've just been making, because there are two parts to an action. The part that I'm in charge of is the actual action, to give. And so if I give $100 notes to 100 people, I'm giving 100 times. 
The result is in Akhalish Baraku's hands. He decides what's going to be with people. This has massive ramifications, but in our particular case here, the person, what happened to me, happened to me because God wanted it to happen to me. That does not, and this is very important, that does not relinquish responsibility from the perpetrator. It doesn't mean that anyone can do what the hell they want and say, well, it doesn't really matter because God wanted it to be. God wanted it to be. You didn't have to be the person who did it. And I think that's the essence of the Rabbah Mehilchot Teshuvah. There's a Gezerah Min HaShamayim from, from, from the days of Brit Ben time that there was going to be Avdut and the Egyptians were going to oppress the Jewish people. It didn't say which Egyptian. The, the, the responsibility, it was going to happen. But it, didn't, it didn't say which Egyptian was going to do it and what Egyptian was going to do it and how they were going to do it. So they, this complicates our whole histocrat on life with regards to the caste. What he said here is if you have absolute imun and something happens to you, it really doesn't matter whether you can identify a, a, a perpetrator or not. It was meant to be. It was meant to be whatever you would have done, whatever, wherever you would have been. My mum always used to say this to me. You know, wherever you are in the world, if God wants to take you, it's taking you. You know, if you, if you, if you protect yourself behind five protective walls and you lock the doors and everything. So if God wants to take you, give you a heart attack and he'll take you. And if God is going to look after you, you can be in the middle of the war on the front line and, 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 and you'll live. Uh, we, we have to, from our perspective as humans, being we have to do our best to look after ourselves and, and to be. But ultimately, that's, that's our actions. We have to differentiate, ladies, here between the, the, the need for us to be mishtadel, but to understand that our hishtadlut doesn't necessarily machtiv the matziut. It doesn't, doesn't create the reality, right? The God creates the reality. And so there is no ultimate difference between something happening to me by chance where I cannot focus on the cause and something happening to me because someone else did it. There is, there's no, no real difference between the two. It's meant to happen. There is a difference because that person is going to be punished because they shouldn't have done it. But the result, as far as I'm concerned, that happened to me has got nothing to do with that person. What was going to happen to me is always going to happen to me. It just doesn't matter. Uh, and 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 this is it. Just makes everything a little more complex than we would like it to be. Perhaps a little more um, interesting <laughs> as well. Okay. The Zora Kadosh talks about the fact that. Um, that, that if you hit a dog with a stick, not to be practiced, this is also the uh, famous statement of Reb Chaim on the Gemara in Sota that says, uh, in the days of Mashiach, the the face of the generation will be like the face of a dog. If you hit a dog with a stick, the dog will jump at the stick. Because the dog doesn't understand that the stick isn't really hurting him. But the person holding the stick. That is always the case. Even human beings, if they are the medium through which I am hurt, they are a stick in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch So, so we have to look at it from different perspectives. If I'm the person who's hitting, then I've got to do cheshbon nefesh. Why am I hitting? Why am I doing such an action? It doesn't relieve me of my um, responsibilities as a human being because God wanted something to happen. But if I'm the person being hit, then who do I look to? This is remarkable. In the run-up to Tisha B'Av, 
you pay attention, ladies. Have a look at the, the Megillah of Eicha and search for the name Nebuchadnezzar. Search for the name Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was directly responsible for the physical Choban of the Beit Bigdash and for the massacre of the Jewish people. But when Yirmiyahu is turning and lamenting about Yushalayim and Chorban, there's not a mention of Nebuchadnezzar by name. Now imagine that, in, I'm, I'm, I know I'm saying some challenging things today, I, in, imagine today talking about the Second World War. Now we haven't got a Navi, right? But, but imagine today talking about the Second World War and what happened to the Jewish people without mention of the Nazis or of Adolf Hitler or of Heinrich Himmler or Reinhard Heydrich, not mentioning any names, just saying this is what happened to the Jews. Again, there's a big difference between the two examples. One, the, the example over there is because we have a Navi uh, at the time of the Beit Mikdash. The Navi can tell us directly exactly why things are happening and what things are happening, and he's telling us in the name of God, and he's a legitimate representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, Sometimes today other people say things that this is why things happen, but they are not legitimate representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We don't have Nevi'im. And therefore, people don't have the right to say why things happen. They, they simply don't have the right to say that because unless they're Nevi'im, it's, it's, there's no authenticity to what they're saying. So, because the Navi in the time of the Chorman knew beforehand and said beforehand and therefore said afterhand as well exactly where it was coming from, he speaks directly about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We, we, we don't speak in those terms today because... Uh, we, we, we have no understanding of, of what happened. No Navi has told us why what happened happened. A lot of people have blamed it on other people on all sides of the uh, political and religious, spe- and religious spectrum. Uh, but but uh, So we, we are left to just discuss B'nai Adam. But in, uh, not, I can't call it an ideal scenario, but in, an ideal Emuna scenario. The, the, the reality is that in Eicha, it's the truth, in Eicha we are talking to God. In Kinot, we are talking to God. We are relating most of the time in Kinot of things that happened to us, but not so much about the people who perpetrated them, because that's really not our focus, because the people who perpetrated them have to do their cheshbon nefesh. They have to look in the mirror and, and see what selim el they have, if this is the way they behave. That's what they have to do. That's not my business. Um, my my business is um, is uh, is looking at my relationship with that college Baruchu. It's very interesting in the Avharachamim that we say before we bring the Sefer Torah back to the Aron Kodesh on a Shabbos, and we remember all the Kadoshim. It's, it's a Yisko really that we say every Shabbos, and it's part of the Yisko that we say on Chagim, and we often say it with you when we're by the gas chambers at Auschwitz. Um, right at the end of that Avarachamim, it talks about Hashem, Hashem being the ultimate avenger, meaning it, it's not really my job to go out and take physical revenge on people. It's uh, Loti Kom, Loti Toys, considering Jews, but, but it's not. God will always avenge. God will always, God has the Cheshman. God will make sure that justice takes place. Justice doesn't always take place in my generation. It sometimes takes place two, three, four generations after. Um, certain things that God runs the world and the way that God runs the world and only God knows how to run the world. Uh, but, but that's not really the point that we've been discussing today. We, have, we had initially 
differentiated between anger that is a reaction to um, something that happened when I have no one to blame. And here, ultimately, I have to work on my emuna. And we have anger, which which can be directed at someone because they seem to be the direct cause of what's happened. Someone smashes into my car because they were on their phone, because they went through a red light. Uh, they are negligent. They have done something negligently. But I should know deep down in my heart that, that this was going to happen. I, I want to tell you a story which I, I, I think I always get wrong slightly. Um, but, but nonetheless, uh, this was the gist of the story told to me by Rav Shvat when he was sitting shiva for his sister. Rav Shvat had a sister, Sifarivracha, who um, who got cancer. She was, I think, my age. I'm a little younger than Rav Shvat, and uh, this was quite a number of years ago. Rav Shvat told told me this, or something very similar to this. I apologise if it's not absolutely uh, accurate. He told me this um, <coughs> at uh, at the shiva. He says that when his, his sister was first diagnosed, they had a family get-together. He came with his guitar, and they were having a, 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 a shira ruchani, the whole family together, and um, he started crying, and he went out of the room, and his sister came after him. And I think, if I remember rightly, he said to his sister, have you ever not wondered why me? And uh, her answer was, well, why not me? Easy to preach, right? But, but this is rega hemet. This is in a moment of truth. Why not me? This happens and it happened to me. And uh, the, uh, the response is to be angry. Um, but the Ben Adam who really believes, uh, that's what it's about. And I remind you of the Gomorrah that talks about the fact that these, these are hard, hard statements and, you know, statements in Chazal that, that need, our, that need our, our, our minds to try and wrap around the ideas. When Chazal asks the question, why the Imahot were barren? All of our Imahot, right? Sarah couldn't have children for a long time. Rivka couldn't have children. Rachel couldn't have children. Leah Baruch Hashem, she, she had less of a problem with children. Uh, and the Gemara asked the question, why, why did it happen? It's not genes, they're not related to each other, really. Uh, not directly, so, so, so what's the problem? So, so then the Gemara says something incredibly challenging. The Gemara says that God made them barren in order that they would pray to him. Hafuch al-hafuch, right? We always relate to prayer. Prayer as the media to bring the ends, which would be to be fruitful. The Gemara says, no, prayer is the ends. God brings this upon someone so they will pray to him, which is, which is a revolutionary way to look at prayer. You know, the whole point of prayer isn't, isn't in God's eyes for us to be in the in order to get what we want. He's doing to us in order that we pray. Uh, it's just mind-blowing. It's a mind-blowing idea. That, that is why the Pachad Yitzhak explains that when Moshe Rabbeinu is standing at Kriyat Yamsuf and he's praying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Matit Sakalai, Daberel Bnei Selvisa, why are you praying? Speak to the people and travel. And Pachad Yitzhak asks what everyone else asks. Well, what's, what's Hashem? What's the problem? We want people to pray, right? What's your problem? Why? If he doesn't pray, he should pray. That's a good thing. 
And the answer is that Pachadita says, because prayer is an end. As long as Moshe's praying, Akash Baruch is in heaven. He's, he's, he, doesn't, he won't do anything. So God says, stop praying, and I'll do the miracle. But while you're praying, I'm enjoying the prayer. Meaning, we, it's a revolutionary way to look at prayer. Uh, and that's what I think is the explanation when we see in the Gemara in Brachot Daf Dalad at the beginning of the Gemara there, where the Gemara says, anyone who says to Ilala David three times a day gets Olam Haba. So what is this? Is a computer game? That I can have 400,000 cheeseburgers, I can do whatever sin I want, speak Lash and Hara, break Shabbos, break Yom Kippur, eat on every fast, whatever I want to do, I can do. As long as I say Ashrei three times a day, I get Olam Haba. It's uh, like uh, like having Hershey Park uh, a fast pass or whatever. <laughs> get a fast pass to Olam Haba. If I fast pass, if uh, you didn't understand what a fast pass is, I, I get I get a I get a I get a free ticket to Olam Haba. I just say Ashrei three times a day. So there is a parish called the Kotev. I I I don't know to name his name. He's called Hakotev. It's on En Yaakov, which is a parish on the Agada in the Gomorrah. And he says on the he says, what is the what is the fundamental difference between Ashrei and and Shmona Ezrei? Shmona Ezrei we also say three times a day. So he says, uh, Shmona Ezrei we're always asking something. We pray to God because we need something. Salachlanu forgive me, whatever it is, even if uh, the, the Shmona Ezrei is, is is training us for good things that we should be asking. We're asking for things. It says he says not one bakasha in Ashri. It's not a bakasha, it's a statement of the greatness of Akkadish Baruch. That he opens up his hands, he gives us everything that we need. If you daven like that three times a day, you are a Bain Olam Habach. Meaning if your relationship with Akkadish Baruch is you don't pray to get something. You pray. Praying is an end. So you pray because you love a Kodesh Baruch and you want to know each other. You can't just say you love a Kodesh Baruch. That's a very big madriga. But you pray to a Kodesh Baruch because you want to pray to, because you want Kesha with a Kodesh Baruch. Not because you want something. Then, then you're Ben Olam Abba. Not as a reward. You're Ben Olam Abba. That's, that's the de facto. That's the kind of person that you are. It feels like it's in a computer game, you know, suddenly when someone's sick, you know, we do this, we all do this, and there's nothing wrong in doing it, and it's much better than doing anything else. When someone's sick, we say, please pray for this one, please pray for this one, please pray for this one, and then we have this Tehillim spree where we try and get through Tehillim, and we all do this, right? Me too. We all do this to get through Tehillim, as much Tehillim as possible, uh, and, and then the guy dies. And then people try to say, we prayed, it doesn't work. Or is it a computer game? It's a, you press a code and, and the person gets better. No. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But, but uh, it's not the essence of prayer. Uh, final story with regards to prayer. All of this is, 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 is not such a digression. It is much to do with what we've been discussing today. Many, many, many years ago, there was a, there was a, um, a terrorist attack in Tel Aviv on a Friday night. The Dolphinarium in Tel Aviv. I don't know what that is. I know, I know there's a dolphin place quite near the coast there. And about 30 Hebra were killed, lining up for a party or whatever, a discotheque or whatever it was. And because there are many Magin David Adom volunteers in our Yishuv, so uh, the word got to our Yishuv by Bipa. Shabbos morning, I, I was one of the Gabbam at the time, and I, I approached Rav Yaakov Meidan, who's now the Rosh Hashiva of uh, Yishuvat Haritzion, one of them. And I said to him, Rav, this happened last night. Uh, can we can we say to heal him? And uh, Rav Meidan essentially got angry with me. 
And it was only after I understood his anger, he essentially said, you, you, you're reactionary. You saved the healing before. And he didn't mean to negate the fact that people say to him when something is wrong, but he was trying to make a point to me. Oh, we don't just say to him when something bad goes wrong. Ever since that day, and I don't know how long ago it was, it probably over 20 years ago, but ever since that day, I say to him every day. I can't tell you honestly that I say to him properly. Uh, I get through to him every day, a certain amount of to him every day. Um, but, but it's the same notion that, the, that we pray, we pray to God because we pray to God. And, and it's to God we direct our prayers because God wants our prayers. God wants us to understand that it's not the stick that is hurting me. No one's actually hurting me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is helping me. I don't always feel that help, right? Because I, I, I don't have such great emunah as others may. Uh, but it, it's, it's the one holding the stick. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is holding the stick. To, to that one, our... our uh, all our focus needs to be to that one, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The person moving the stick, or the stick itself, has its own problems. If you're a nasty person, if you do terrible things, if you're a negligent person, you have cheshbon nefesh you have to deal with. It's got nothing to do with the person hurt. The person hurt needs to look over that and look towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu and go back to where we started today. So essentially there isn't really a difference between my anger being caused by something that I can't focus on or my anger being caused by something that I think I can focus on because even the one that I think I can focus on is is really not the real focus. I hope uh, there was some coherency in what I said. Have a good day.